So we are in, I forget the chapters all of a sudden, 58, right? 58 through 66. So, I mean, this has taken a whole year's long worth of study and trying to compress it into one week of, of Come Follow Me, but we're going to do our best, right? <laughs> um, I always find um, looking at the, the bifid structure uh, super handy as I begin any study into the, the book of Isaiah. So Isaiah is split into the seven part structure, but that seven parts is at the beginning, the first half, and also at the second half. And it goes through this cycle. So this was first um, uh, discovered or uh, annotated by uh, William Brownlee. And then um, uh, Avraham has, has amplified and, and uh, done a lot of work with it. So if we're looking at the chapters, um, it's just the, the final two chapters of the disloyalty and loyalty section. And it's pretty much in the disinheritance and inheritance section of Isaiah. So as uh, Covenant Israel goes through all of these steps and phases throughout their ancient history, as well as uh, what it ends up being in the end times, um, these chapters that we're looking at tonight are pretty much looking at the disinheritance of the wicked and the inheritance that the righteous receive um, at the end times. And so... <clears throat> I don't know. I <laughs> of all of the the three sections tonight, this is the one that I'm probably the least prepared for. But um, I find these chapters so interesting. Um, we're we're starting chapter fifty eight with a um, kind of a, a treatise on the Sabbath day, and then by uh, chapter sixty six. Uh, the Lord's fully condemning um, those ecclesiastical leaders who have led um, uh, members of the church astray. And I mean, it, it just kind of covers this whole gamut of emotions and <laughs> um, things that are going to play out at the end times. Um, but what happened anciently is a pattern for what will happen um, before the Savior comes again. Uh, we've learned uh, throughout our, our book clubs, right, that it's always in balance. As the wicked get wickeder, the, the righteous get more righteous, and, and, it, and it ebbs and flows that way, um, and that's for a purpose. Um, the, the righteous have to go through descent phases caused by the wicked before they can actually rise and, and assume their, their responsibilities and, um, and things. But anyway, any kind of initial comments and, and things? Um, heading into uh, these chapters of Isaiah, what questions arose for you this week as you're studying it, or um, what insights have, have popped out at you? If there's anything that you'd like to discuss, I'm just going to kind of take it wherever we all want to take it. Do we want to dive into uh, the Come Follow Me manual? I don't know. What are you guys... So I guess my, my question is kind of twofold. <laughs> I do that a lot, right? Um, so Isaiah, but like also... How do you guys want to study Come Follow Me on a weekly basis? Do you want it to be like we just kind of read sections of the Come Follow Me manual, or do we want to actually read some scripture blocks together? Or I don't know. What what do you guys want to do? I think study the manual as it's set out because it has scriptures that you can read to the questions. And if we get through that in an hour then we could branch off 
mm-hmm. you know, they have little sections. So that's my input. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Let me see, I'm bringing up that. I really loved the, um, just the language in these uh, chapters. I thought that the poet, the poetic elements of it were just amazing. So I have to admit that I wasn't really focusing on content when I read it through. Tonight, mm-hmm. I was just reading it for pure pleasure. And then I thought, oh, well, no questions, just <laughs> experiencing it. <laughs> one thing i noticed um as i just i just read through it quickly but that how many names for christ are in isaiah here especially this little section here different names that we'll be doing in the the topical guide thing Anyway, it's, I didn't realize so many of them came from Isaiah, the book huh. of Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Like, what are some examples? Do you have any off the top of your head? If not, that's fine. But No. <laughs> well, I do. I thought I couldn't think of any, but the Holy One of Israel mm-hmm. It is in here, but there was there is so many. I, I was as I was going through there. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. There's another. A redeemer, intercessor. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many, there and it it's really it's really interesting to me that he there are so many names for Christ, but it's never Christ, or he never says Jesus Christ. It's always something else. But we know who he's talking about. So I I just think that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. The Lord. Usually he says the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, I'm just looking through these and stuff. And, and you're right. There's so many different names that are popping out in these sections here. <clears throat> yeah, so um, taking a look at the Come follow me, Manuel. <clears throat> Let's see. So we're talking about fasting. We're talking about how Jesus Christ is my Savior and Redeemer. Um, how the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light. Christ will reign on earth during the millennium. And so um, that plays right into the inheritance, right? That the, the, the righteous build Zion and inherit that and Christ will reign with them there through the millennium. Um, let's see. We just kind of start in this this fasting section here because there's there's so much like this last year. My fasts have really grown a lot as I as I've sought to be taught by the Lord how to fast better and and how to do that. Um, but it says these verses suggest that to many Israelites. Fasting was more of a burden than a blessing, and many of us can relate to that feeling at times. If you would like to find out more of the meaning and purpose in your fasting, read that block of scriptures there to find the Lord's answer to the question, why do we fast? In your experience, how can fasting loose the bands of wickedness and break every yoke? How has fasting brought you the blessings described? 
And how does this block of scripture affect the way that you think about fasting? So let's go ahead and, and read that. Isaiah 58, 3 through 12. I'm going to try to make this bigger. It, does that come up big enough on, on your guys' screens to, to follow along? Yes. Right. Yes. Let's see. So it says, Wherefore have we fasted? Say they, and thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the days of your fast ye find pleasure, and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife, and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. It is such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul. It is, a bow down, uh, it is to bow down his head as a bulrush, and to spread sackcloth and action ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked that thou excuse me, that thou cover himself, that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. Then shall thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and the speaking vanity. And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall bind or build the old waste places. Thou shalt rise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. So what did you all get out of those scriptures there? Um, let me pull back up those questions that the, the manual had. Um, so why do we fast? And, and what is the Lord teaching us about the purpose of fasting in, in that block of scriptures there? Well, I have a little comment. Just, uh, I, my not very long nowadays, but back in the day, I, I would have days and days I think like even a week once but it was with juice like fresh squeezed juice mm -hmm. by the way golden delicious apples fresh juiced are like so good <laughs> but but it it's interesting how it says you shall spring forth like the first three days where I was just oh I have to eat this is miserable but like the third day I did I got all this energy and it was amazing it was a clarity but I'm wondering, does he mean that we should maybe go out and do good works, like feed 
the hungry or give them clothes or is that what that means do you think mm -hmm. yeah it's very interesting um that that it has a lot more nuance than just you know afflicting our soul or <laughs> uh making us go hungry um uh, what's that scripture there well it says thy health shall speed forth uh, spring forth speedily so mm -hmm. you know i think that is part of that that it's it is good for us good for our bodies to do that and we definitely have some health benefits there there's i mean in in those verses 8 through 12 there's i mean they're packed full of of the blessings that we get from fasting it's just amazing all the different things that come out of there there's just so many different blessings that we get mm -hmm. and do you mean physically as well as as spiritually absolutely yeah like like the uh like autophagy where where all the toxins and stuff like your body can go in and start eating all the bad stuff because <laughs> it's not digesting food I, that's kind of cool Mm -hmm. Well, it says, it says thine health shall spring forth speedily. So I think that covers a lot of physical things that, you know, physical blessings that we get from fasting, you know, as well as clarity. Let's see, it says what, there was a one that said, uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, shall thy light rise in obscurity and darkness be as the noonday? um the right i don't know that it seems like it seems like i read in there too you know that we will get more clarity have more clarity of thought and um mm. let's see and thou shalt be like i don't know there i'd have to sit here and read through the whole thing again but because mm -hmm. this block of scriptures takes a lot of pondering like i mean there's so many different things here and uh, one thing, like I'm sharing now, the Isaiah Institute translation of it that, that helps make it a little bit more clear because King James is, is very antiquated, you know, sometimes kind of hard to, um, to get the nuances through. Um, but yeah, like what you said, uh, verses 8 through 12 there, I mean, they have so many different things. And honestly, it kind of sounds like the initiatory a lot um, as we are um, going through those that... Um, but each one has a nuance to it, right? Um, let's see. Should you call, Jehovah will respond. Should you cry, he will say, I am here. And so if you will give of your own to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then shall your light dawn and darkness, your twilight become as the noonday. You'll have light if you take care of the, the poor and needy as you fast. And um, Jehovah will direct you continually. You'll receive vigor to your limbs. I mean, very physical blessings as well as, as spirituals being alluded to in here. Not alluded to, like spoken <laughs> outright. I know I'm, I'm in the King James version, but I love that line in 11 where it says, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought. I love that so much. I'm mm. like, wow. Yeah, that's just so beautiful. Yeah. So what about that verse 12? What's that saying? I, I'm seeing that in a different way this evening than I did earlier today. 
Uh huh. Yeah, I'll have to bring what's up like your, both translations. What's your thoughts on that? I just like to know what people think that's saying. Yeah. So, like we read the uh, King James. Uh, we'll have to go back and kind of compare them and stuff. But um, this one says, "They who came out of you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will restore the foundations of generations ago. You shall be called a rebuilder of fallen walls, a restorer of streets for resettlement." And so let me. Makes me wonder if, you know, like, like we had talked about on here before, especially with Darlene, you know, uh, raise up the foundations of many generations and the repair of the breach. And, you know, uh -huh. we're much more able to help those who have passed on before us. Uh -huh. so, That's what I, I was getting out of it this evening. I, I didn't think that. about that until just now when, uh -huh. when you said that. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I... Yeah. I don't think we just have to fast for people when they're sick. I think we can fast for people in behalf of them spiritually, in behalf of them mentally, you know, even our past ancestors. I think we can fast for anyone. I mean, what? where does it say you can only fast for people that are physically sick? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mother, do you remember what our, how we started our conversation going to the temple last week? Because I remember it was along this line, but I kind of forget how we got there. But like, because there were so many different like aha moments of the power mm -hmm. of fasting and the power of the prayer circle when we oh oh <laughs> I, I remember it now <laughs> it came to me I all I've got to do is just ramble for a little bit and then it just comes <laughs> <laughs> but um <clears throat> so it was Megan Farner's um podcast episode with Jeffrey Bruner talking about the the sultan seven secrets so if anybody <laughs> um doesn't know what i'm talking about uh, there's some homework assignment for you because it's amazing oh, good go listen to it so good and and the one she did with you cameron was amazing it was so good i loved it <laughs> wait yeah. what is it and where is it um so latter day or latter day disciples that, that, podcast yeah, Latter Day Disciples podcast. Yeah, Let so me good. Link really quick. She has some really good. The book gives more information that makes things less like the secret and more like what mm -hmm. it really. Yeah, Cameron, yeah. what what uh, Latter Day Disciples podcast? Which which episode? Uh huh. So this is the uh, episode thirty eight with Jeff. Um, Booner, Bruner, whatever his name is. Um, I put a link in in the chat here that'll it's go Beener. to. It's pronounced Beener. I when I was on my mission and in <laughs> Temple Square, the members of the counselor, the presidency of Temple Square was Beener, spelled that way. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I, I never would have pronounced it that way. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so his very long story short, it's it's kind of about the the process of spiritual creation so that the physical world then manifests and matches what we create spiritually. And so, um, it, it's so good. There's so many different nuances to it and stuff. Some people won't like uh, Jeff's approach and the podcast <laughs> and stuff because, you know, it, it, it's coming well, from a very worldly perspective of, 
You know? That's what I was going to say. He's like the magic lamp and focused on and more on wealth and all this worldly things. But if you can get past that part and and just focus on what's really being said about the being created spiritually before physically, mm -hmm. then it fits into the. So as we were. Um, driving to the temple last week i promise this this ties into isaiah and what we're <laughs> this block that we're we're talking about here but the process of creating spiritually and that there's strength in numbers as well so that if we can focus our minds on creating a new spiritual reality for ourselves can we not do so on behalf of others like for example as we're giving priesthood blessings like that's the power of faith faith is believing and manifesting healing on behalf of others but it's not just that like kathy was just saying that i mean we don't just have to do it when they're sick we can we can create spiritually at any time but that's what we're here to learn how to do and that's what we came from lectures on faith um, through that whole process but um the fact that um, in the temple, it gives us the pattern over and over and over and over again of what the, the sevens, uh, Sultan's seven secrets are, right? That, that there's faith in numbers and, and throughout the endowment, you're learning it as individuals and then you grow and grow until you are manifesting there before the veil on behalf of others and anyway there is this whole nuance that i had never understood about the power of fasting the power of well it's the power of faith in fasting and in uh blessings and healings and at the prayer circle they're in our endowment like oh spiritual creation like this is it and it was all distilling on me so heavily last week it, it, it's an amazing journey um kind of growing in that that aspect i don't know <laughs> but um like it what we were talking about in isaiah right it fits in somehow <laughs> well i'm thinking of iniquity and how we are you know to avraham talks about that we can help break the bonds of, of iniquity for not only our generation ourselves but you know going backward and um, you know, talking about the frequency at which we live and we, we do want to break that so that we are living in as close to we can as we can to God's frequency. Mm -hmm. And so it makes so much sense to me to break the patterns of, that we can break the, not only the patterns of thinking for ourselves, but um, I mean, we've we've got our loved ones DNA vibrating, vibrating within our each cell of our body, and why can't we have uh, an effect upon them and help them to be set free too? I've I've gained such a testimony of it. Um, I already had one, but it got even stronger after hearing um, and reading all, especially after reading it because um, it helped me bust through the, um, I think that that's just his hook 
with the, um, you know, That's what gets get, people, right? <laughs> yeah, get people to listen and certain, you know, certain percentage will, will feel it and go. Mm -hmm. I have and not personally um, listened to what you're talking about. But one thing I've observed with myself is when I have the spirit with me, that all of those sort of patterns are in abeyance. It's almost like they can't touch me. So I do think there's something to be said about uh, creating a sense of harmonic resonance with the divine. And um, the other thing that I was pondering and have been pondering for months now is working generationally because we are them now manifest in the flesh our and speaking of our ancestors it's almost as if we are one and we are now them everything that is in us or was in them is in us and so we are their opportunity if we are willing you know mm -hmm. to be able to do that work and i also have a sense that as we neutralize, expunge, release our own um, stuff, that those things then will not be um, passed on to our, you know, they won't be visited on the heads of our children. They will also be freed so that it, it, whatever it is that we're able to do, accomplish here, we are neutralizing. Mm -hmm. That's my understanding of it. Yeah, I love that. And it's a glorious thing to be working on. I just almost can't think of anything more uh, relevant and pertinent than that. It seems to be where I am focusing, and it just seems so relevant. Well, they talked in conference about us being our brother's keeper. Yeah. Yeah, there was interesting how many times now that I've got my ears perked that, oh, yeah, they, they're talking about it all the time. <laughs> I'm wondering if that's what Alma did with Alma the Younger, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, like that right there is a, the pattern. Mm -hmm. And you know, how many times in the scriptures does it say they gave themselves to much fasting and prayer or fasting and much prayer? I forget, but it, for those specific circumstances, but now I'm starting to understand what that actually looks like rather than just starving myself and you know, being on my knees incessantly, <laughs> but like, there's so much more to it. Yeah. Cause it's not meant as self-flagellation, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's meant well, to connect with the divine. I, I think personally, it's the humility part for me. That's so big and so important because I think, um, it's hard for us to be like, some people more than others to become really truly humble but when our body hurts like when we're sick or when we're in pain or when we're hungry every time you have that pain you're thinking oh yeah I'm fasting I need I need blessings for this or that and it it instantly humbles us and it takes that pride down and it takes you know we don't want to be stiff-necked we don't want to be we don't need you know we don't work we're, we're taught not to be like that and yet I feel like the natural man is just too big so fasting is just such a great way to bring us down and make us humble and and help us to turn to God and help us to 
um, lean into him instead of thinking we can do it all by ourselves. Like we, oh, I can figure this out. But like a regular fast or even more than just the monthly fast, but to, to fast and, and, and humbly ask for something, it, for me, it's pivotal. Yeah. I love it. And, um, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <ahead>. sorry. <laughs> go yeah. Well, it was, uh, Cindy, then Alethea. I just was, I had, was thinking while Kathy was saying that, and I wrote down on my notes here, uh, can we think of others while, when we're suffering or uncomfortable? And, you know, she's talking about being able to, you know, pray to Heavenly Father and have that mindset. But, you know, how important is it, is it for us to be able to think of other people and try and help them and pray for them when we're suffering or, you know, going through that. I don't know. I just, that just came to me and it was kind of powerful. So. Yeah. I love it. I was just going to say, it's kind of like with your nose, you're never so grateful for it until you have a cold, right. And you can't use it. And it's kind of that way with fasting that I don't, I don't, at least for me, it's not only um, humility, but but gratitude that brings us in line. Um, and you know, and I've often thought that um, you know the Book of Mormon it says they did meet together to fast and pray often, or meet together and whatever fast and pray often. I just think we don't really do that. Once a month is not often. It really isn't. Like it's the minimum. And then. Um, Jaja, was that you that said, like, are we supposed to help the poor? And, and my thought was, well, isn't that what we do with our fast offerings? But oh, yeah, you know, that's that's a collective. And and I think that we're supposed to turn and it's supposed to be more individual than collective. I mean, collective is good, but I think that's kind of the training wheels. That's yeah, and point. I took it literally too like during the fast when we get that spring you know that that second wind or whatever that energy that comes forth like okay now that you're feeling great go go take action go do something yeah mm -hmm. well that. exactly i have the exact thought also we can choose to be humble and we can push ourselves to be humble and turn to god or else we can wait for him to let us to teach us to be humble. Like we can decide to do it ourselves and we can, you know, work on things spiritually for ourselves and our ancestors, our children or whatever. We can decide to do that now, or we can wait and see what is, is he going to bring cancer to teach you? Or is he going to bring uh, death or something else to teach you? He will have a humble people. When he comes, he will have a humble people. So we can either choose that now and lean into that right or right. we can we can wait to see what he brings us to learn that lesson i that's my thought mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love one, of, one of the things that um i noticed i just read through this so quickly i really feel like i need to go back and just really really go through this these verses but um i really liked in chapter 58 verse 10 
And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. So it's not like we're satisfying our own hunger and our own appetites, but we're, our desire is to satisfy the afflicted soul or those that are in need. And then thy light, this is so beautiful. Then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters never are fail not. I thought, wow, that is just so powerful. So I really want to try to just really dive into those words. I want to swim around in those waters. I don't know. Maybe you already talked about it when my grandkids were visiting. Sorry if I'm going over things you may have already discussed. No, it's gorgeous. I agree. It is. Gorgeous. And the, the fat bones, I mean, that's like strong bones, I imagine. It, it's just, it's gorgeous. It is, it is. beautiful. Also, another element of fasting is remember when the prophet asked us all to have a, a fast from our electronics or from social media or anything like we can also we can also fast from it doesn't just have to be food, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's being temperate in all things and getting rid of excess. So it's kind of a self purge, but it's also a very proxy uh, role on behalf of others too. It, it has so many nuances versus what I had always pigeonholed it, you know, in the past with like, oh man, uh, fasting is, is a great catalyst of gratitude in our lives. And when we can operate on that frequency and um, it's, it reminds me of the, the spiritual physics of light book by Aaron Franklin, right? He talks about so many different things in there on what we can explain scientifically right now about light, but what else there is, because we are beings of light that, that vibrate and, and, and project these things um, to others and how fasting really helps raise that and, and uh, let's see, grow or emanate that, that gratitude through to others for for healing and growth and, and praise. Like, anyway, there's so many different nuances to it. Yeah, Leslie. Um, a little while ago, our family um, was really in need of a miracle. And um, the Lord suggested that we do something um, to be united in praying for this miracle. And it was a a, a family fast but what we did was um so we have you know I have some teenage grandchildren and some you know tweens and and those that were able to really understand the purpose of this fast they were we were all um in it together and so some of them did like a, a half day fast you know the ones that were younger but we each took a different day and for an entire month we fasted. And so somebody in our family was fasting every day. And I, I can't even explain, um, the Lord did answer our prayer. And, um, and then we fasted for gratitude afterward in gratitude, but 
it was um it was different it's just a different feeling than any other fast that i've been a part of and the power of the um because everybody's mind was on everybody else that the person that was fasting and i i'm, I'm a little bit chagrined that it never had dawned on me to do something like this as a family before but um I love that that there's so many different ways that we can fast and and um, and I think it really helped my um, my grandchildren gain a testimony of the power of fasting and it was just it was really beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I was trying to find the scripture. I think it's in Mosiah. Um, or maybe it's in the beginning of Alma, but um, Mosiah 4.12 was interesting. Let me pull that up. Um, so um, King Benjamin's talking, carrying, giving his address. And he says, you know, he talks about believe, forgive. And then in verse 11, he talks about humble yourselves, even in the depth of humility. Um, you know, remember your own nothingness and his goodness and long suffering towards you unworthy creatures and humble yourselves, even in the depths of humility, calling on the name of the Lord daily, standing steadfastly in the faith of that is which is to come. And then verse 12, and behold, I say unto you that if you do this, you will always rejoice and be filled with the love of God and always retain a remission of your sins. And you shall grow in the knowledge of the glory of him that created you or in the knowledge of that, which is just and true. And then, um, so that goes right along with, um, you know, fasting and humility that um, Kathy was talking about, but also I'm going to keep looking for it. There's another place, um, and maybe you guys know, remember when he talks about not letting the, um, you know, taking care of the poor and the needy and the widows and not letting the children go naked and, you know, clothing them. And then he says, and if you do this, you will retain a remission of your sins. And um, that just struck me because under President Hinckley, was it Hinckley or Monson added the fourth, because we always had the threefold mission of the church and very quietly, the fourth mission of the church was added. And that was taking care of the poor and the needy. And as I keep studying and reading, that is one of the most important things. I don't know what you call it um, of the gospel is taking care of the poor and the needy. And, and, and then the promise that if we do that, we retain a remission of our sins. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was, I mean, that just goes along with what Jaja was saying too, is it's everywhere. Um, oh, here it is. It's in verse 26. And now for the, in Mosiah four, and now for the sake of these things, which I've spoken unto you, that is for the sake of retaining a remission of your sins from day to day, that you may walk guiltless before God. I would that you should impart of your substance to the poor, every man, according to that, which he hath, such as feeding the hungry, clothing, the naked, visiting the sick and administering to their relief, both spiritually, temporally, 
and according to their wants. And that really struck me out. According to their wants, what is that? The bare minimum? Or is that like treating them as equals? And is that not ministering? And so are we ministering to retain a remission of our sins? And that's why President Nelson um, instituted that. Like that is like such an important part of the gospel is there's so many blessings in um, taking care of the poor and the needy and the And that's the whole point of Zion, right? Is that there's no poor among you. Um, If we're not working to that end, how can we ever expect to to build it? Right. And so anyway, I don't know. It's really hard not to judge as I'm up here in Island Park. We just have a a plain little cabin in the center of the island, not on the lake and everybody with their boats and their four wheelers and their jet skis and their snow machines. And I just have my car. But, you know, it, it is, it's, it's, there's a lot of wealth in the world. There's a lot of wealth in the church and you can't judge. Um, I just hope that members of the church, that all of us realize the importance of taking care of the poor and the needy and reaching out and ministering because right there for the sake of retaining a remission of your sins. Yeah, that's very powerful. Isaiah keeps mentioning that over and over again, right? That we can only expect to to inherit uh, Zion, like you were saying, if we do take care of the poor and needy. If if we're just going through the motions of our fasts, of our offerings, of our oblations and all these kind of things, they're but an abomination to the Lord. You know, (laughs) chapter one and chapter 66 both make that super clear all of your rituals and sacrifices in the temple your your oblations on sundays all of it is like what does he say but dross and refuge or whatever before me if you're not taking care of the poor and needy like that's it that's where it's at yeah which kind of just struck me that the only two commandments is to love god and to love your neighbor is loving your neighbor taking care of the poor and the needy is that, I mean, that's, that's, is that the second commandment, you know? Yeah. Um, anyways, that was a powerful. What good is repenting if we don't retain a remission? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I wanted to add to just about uh, what you were saying, Cameron, about all these other things we do. And then I think part of the verse is, but if you don't have charity, it means nothing. And then the other thing was, um, oh, I had a great teacher and, and he said, so what do you think we're going to be doing in the celestial kingdom? We're going to be serving each other like constantly. And I just, I just love how he put that into perspective. And if you're not into serving people, then maybe that's not the place that you'd be comfortable in. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. I love it. And then let's see, uh, Elle had a couple of great points in, in the chat that Christ was even concerned about his fellow sufferers on, on the cross. And then in James 1, 27, pure religion and undefiled before God, the father is this, 
to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. It's it's like everywhere. And I think mm-hmm. one of those things, we just read over it and don't apply it to ourselves. And we it's kind it of like the homeless people on the street that we just kind of like look the other way and keep going, right? Like we we do the same thing with the scriptures about that very thing. But then wait, but not only do we look the other way, we say, Oh, thank goodness, that's not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember the early 2000s because it was when we were living in Blackfoot. We were there from 2000 to 2006. And there was a talk at conference about not about helping the poor and the needy. And, and the specific example was, I'm not going to give to that man on the street because he's just going to buy beer with it. And then whoever the speaker was said, um, <laughs> it, it's not your choice what that person <laughs> does with it. You're only responsible with what you do for yourself. You know, like what, where your heart is, and um, and then I realized it really doesn't matter. Now, when we went to Mexico, I had to make a rule because there's a lot of people that. Um, yeah, you'd that be giving they, away everything all the time, right? <laughs> well, no, I didn't mind giving. What it was was um, there's a whole like women are pimped and children are pimped and yeah. they actually drug the children to sleep because the children are always sleeping when the moms are walking, begging. And the women don't get the money. The pimp gets the money. You know, it's a different form of prostitution than what we usually think of. And it was like, you know, there's a guy standing there with a man in a wheelchair begging for money. Why is the man not in the wheelchair out working? You know what I mean? Just things like that. And so I don't know. But do you just give to them? It's hard because you don't want to um, perpetuate evil. But, but you also want to be able to help. And so anyway, yeah. Yeah. Unless you're Kathy and you bring the homeless home, love it, Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) And you buy them up and you buy them a bus ticket out of town and they hang out in town. (laughs) I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. (laughs) That's what you get. Oh, no, there was something to learn. I'm not sure what it was, but <laughs> I went back and, and rewatched that the other day. The uh, not the aftermath of it, but like when you, you were just telling, "Hey, this happened," and and I don't know what's going to come of it. And it was it was just kind of funny seeing how it all played out. <laughs> well, I think there were things that were taught to me and my daughter having a homeless person live with us. <laughs> I wish it would have turned out better. Um, I don't know. It has, I don't know if it made me seem, made me feel like they're, it's like harder to help them or I don't know. I keep looking for her every time I drive around town. (laughs) She's looking for you too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, anything else on Isaiah? I, I, we only got through one uh, <laughs> section of the "Come Follow Me," but I mean, great uh, conversation and, and enlightening things about fasting. But if not, we'll we'll go ahead and, and take a, a five minute break and then and come back for a general conference recap after that. But Cameron, mm-hmm. are you recording this?
because I missed bits when my grandchildren. Okay. Yeah, I missed I missed bits when my grandchildren came. So mm -hmm. go back and watch it. Yeah, so there's going to be three different uh, video segments there on Learning Zion, um, and so you'll just go to Topical Guide or to Come Follow Me or to the miscellaneous there. But yeah. Great, thank you. Yep, yep. But yeah, yeah. If there's nothing else, then we'll uh, take a five minute break and, and come back for general conference talk because there's a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, feel free to chat amongst yourselves in the meantime. You guys, how am I going to remember when we're when we're meeting? This rotating schedule is going to be difficult. I had to put it on my my appointment book, and I still almost forgot. <laughs> I looked I at it, was like, "Oh my gosh, it's right now!" <laughs> I did the same thing. I was I'm trying to I finished my week's work for today. I mean, all today, but then I started on next week's work because I'm going to be grand sitting while my son and daughter in law go on a trip. So well, did you um, see how much it is for next week? It's a ton. So no, no, no. I'm talking about, yeah, I know, but I was trying to get ahead in my schoolwork for, um, Oh, I Old forgot. Yeah. Yeah. For old Testament. And I saw the message come through and I was like, Oh yeah, I think I thought, Oh yeah, it's at six. And I looked at the clock. Oh, I have time. Cause it was early. It was like at three or four, it was sent out. And then I finished all my work and I started reading, I had to read, um, what did I read today? Um, Genesis 25 to 